we've gone a whole month with no podcast. True. It's crazy. I'm kind of glad to have the break though. I've been spending the time reading books on gardening and getting a lot of inspiration and watching YouTube videos on gardening. And you've been germinating fruit, which is crazy. Did you do a banana? It hasn't germinated yet. The seed's a bit old, so it might not, but they can take up to three months to germinate. Wow. So did you start it from a banana or did you buy seed? The uh, pink banana seed that we tried way back when I was in high school. So this is... I bought new banana seed from Baker Creek for it. Oh, cool. And the dragon fruit, though, you planted seed from a fruit that you got at the grocery store. Well, got it from the food reclaim. That's a grocery store. Started in a grocery store. Yep. Cool. What else are you yep. What else are you germinating? I got about 10 lavender plants. From seed or from something else? Yep. Yep. From seed. They're just starting with the first two, two seed leaves. I always find it funny how much lavender looks like basil when it's at seed leaf stage. Right. That makes sense. And I actually have stevia successfully growing in my arrow garden. Wow. When I tried to start it in soil, the seeds ran away. They were too small and light. It's probably a light-dependent germinator. I think so. I also have some basil going. A lot of those herbs in the arrow garden. A lot of those herb seeds are light-dependent germinators. The um, pansies didn't germinate, though. Are they supposed to have cold stratification? I don't know. They're pretty small seeds, though. Maybe they're light-dependent. Did you bury them? Nope, because they're in the arrow garden and everything else germinated, but just the two pansies didn't. Maybe it's old seed. It's the one you gave the little one last year. Oh, that was so it shouldn't be that old. I, I don't think it needs any stratification. Maybe just more time. Maybe it just hasn't germinated at all yet, so might not because the arrow garden's weird that way. Oh, okay. Interesting. Is it too wet? I don't think so because everything else in there is germinated. Maybe just more time. You could always try putting it I might toss a different type of seed in there, like lettuce or something, just to fill it in. Put it in a milk jug outside, see if it'll germinate. Well, I cold stratified my lavender just by sticking the package of seed in the freezer for a week. And I've had more than 10 germinate already. Last time I tried to do lavender, I think I had like four germinate without cold stratification. So, okay. Just sticking the packet in the freezer, even without doing the wet paper towel method, seemed to work. That's good. That's good. So shall we start? Oh, I thought we had started. Welcome to the Real Time Roots Podcast. I'm your host, Christy L, and this is my co-host, Sarah. Hello, everyone. At Joyfully, we help you grow your own food and remedies so that you can create health and wellness for your family naturally. In today's episode, we are talking about food that you can grow from the grocery store. So Sarah, you have already been growing food from the grocery store. So tell us what you've got going on. What have you already germinated? Well, I have some dragon fruit seeds germinating. Dragon fruit is a type of cactus. And I took fresh seeds out of a slightly old dragon fruit. It was still good, though, all the way through. And just stuck them in some regular potting soil and already have 50% germination a week after starting them. That's amazing. I am so impressed with that. I think you get 10 stars for that one. And you told me, I didn't I... Even know what dragon fruit was until you told me about it this morning. It's a, it's a type of cactus and the fruit grows. It, it's got a really strange 
fruit, but it's really pretty. And the flowers are really pretty. Are you planning to flowers grow are it? edible? Actually, they are. Are you planning to grow it in the house or, or to put it outside in the summer? I think this one's going to be in the house. Outside is just a little bit too iffy in our area. It could go below the 65 Fahrenheit that the plant likes. It likes to stay above 65 Fahrenheit. So currently on a heat mat. What else have you grown from the grocery store? Well, I recently had to restart my green onions. I had some green onions started in a jar of water in December, and they sort of ran out of oomph this week. So that was almost two months of having fresh green onions available from a bunch of grocery store and green onions. And I've also done some lettuce and celery regrows as well. So with the lettuce, did you actually get lettuce leaves or did you get, did it bolt on you? Gave me a, like the lettuce heart, the middle part almost just kept growing out a bit. And then I harvested it when it was about three to four inches tall. It wasn't producing roots on the bottom, so it wouldn't go much bigger than about three inches if it doesn't produce roots. But ah. if you get the lettuces from the store that still have the root attached, they're a lot easier to regrow. And then they just keep going or do they go to seed? As long as your house is cool, they'll keep going for a while, usually two, maybe even three cuttings of lettuce leaves. But they will, of course, eventually bolt because if your house gets too warm, lettuce goes, must be summer. I can go to seed. Woohoo! Yeah, lettuce doesn't like it hot. What I find really fun is I've grown onions like you like you did. Um, and again, I tried and I got a couple months, but then it ran out of energy. And that makes sense because you're just putting it in water and you're not adding any nutrients to the water. And I did try adding nutrients, but it, they kind of went slimy on me with the nutrients. They Once they're pulled out of the ground, they it's hard to get them growing hydroponically. The other thing, though, they don't seem to produce a lot of new roots, I've noticed. Yeah. And also the ones that I did were the ones I got from you. And they'd already been out in below freezing temperatures for a while outside before I gathered them from the compost pile and tried to grow them. So I thought that since I took them out of the compost pile that I was doing really well, I think we got two or three cuttings from them before they gave up. So I thought that was pretty good. Plants really want to grow. So why would someone want to regrow food from the grocery store? Let's talk about that. Food costs are, of course, rising exponentially. And I think it's really good for everybody to understand that the plants they get from the grocery store, are they are actually living plants. And some of them can be regrown. I have regrown celery by rooting the bottom of the celery plant. So, so cutting it about, leaving about two and a half to three inches on the plant and then just sticking it in water until it grows some roots. And I ended up planting those outside in my garden and we had celery from it for probably the whole summer after that. In my climate in zone three, it did not go to seed for me. I've done the green onions like you do. I've also taken basil from the grocery store and rooted it and planted it. And that's like, just like any plant where you take a, a green cutting can do it. Have you done that as well with fresh herbs? I haven't been successful with getting them to root. I've kept them fresh in water for a bit longer. I've been really tempted to try it though with the rosemary from the grocery store just because growing rosemary from seed has not been very successful for me. Rosemary is a real challenge. I think it hates being wet, but you have to water it because it also doesn't want to dry out. It doesn't like getting root bound. That's yeah. why I lost mine last year. 
Yeah, I have one that needs to be transplanted too. I'm waiting till I can get some bone meal and some blood meal and, and other fertilizer for it. So the nice thing about it, if you've already paid for the plant from the grocery store, you may as well get a second harvest from it so that you can stretch your grocery store budget. And it doesn't really take up that much room. I, some people say to me when I talk about this that, oh, but I don't have room in my house to do it. You can do it on a sunny windowsill. You don't have to have lights to do this. And actually, the sunny windowsill works better than having it under lights quite frequently because you don't end up with algae growth in the water the plant base is sitting in. Right. And it's way easier to say if you have a south-facing window above your sink, it's way easier to keep a narrow flat tray there with a couple of lettuce bases or celery bases in it. And you're able to change the water every day when you're doing your dishes. Right. And it keeps it more observable, easier to monitor. Yes. And it ends up just fitting into your day. Another thing that you can grow from grocery store is potatoes and sweet potatoes. They will naturally start sprouting when it comes time in the year for them to sprout and they can just be taken right from of course you don't eat sprouts on potatoes but you could put them in the soil and they will regrow more potatoes as long as they have enough depth in the pot you put them in and that pot can just be a five gallon pail now one of the things people do when they're planting potatoes in containers a lot of people put too many potatoes in the container in a five-gallon pail, you just need one potato in there, and it will produce 10 or 15 small potatoes from that one potato. If you've got a bigger bucket, like a 10-gallon pail or a 10-gallon pot, you only need two potatoes in that. Normally, when you plant potatoes in the ground, you're planting them a foot apart to 18 inches apart. So that's why a five-gallon pail only needs one potato. I have seen people plant them in really small pots like an ice cream pail that's really not big enough for a potato you need a larger pot you might still get some baby potatoes from that but you won't get full size quarter or half pound potatoes like you use for baked potatoes right and with sweet potatoes you'll want to aim for organic if possible right. as some of the conventionally grown sweet potatoes are treated with a anti-sprouting agent to prevent them from creating slips Right. And with sweet potatoes, you don't put the whole potato in the ground like you do with Irish potatoes. You want to put them in some water or some wet soil and let them create sprouts or as you call them slips and get those rooted and then take those. And that's what you're planting in the ground. But in the case of sweet potatoes, you could eat the green sprouts as well. And you're going to want at least a 10 gallon container for sweet potatoes because they do need more space for their roots than are regular northern potatoes. When I tried in a three-gallon bucket, I got a couple very, very tiny sweet potato tubers, but not even enough for a meal after a full summer of growing. They are a very, very pretty vine, though, with very beautiful flowers. They're actually morning glory family. Nice. And they have really, really pretty purpley pink flowers. And you can plant potatoes or sweet potatoes in stuff you have lying around like you can plant them in a wash tub or a basin or an old bathtub there's lots of ways that you could plant them even if you don't have a garden so it's it's worth learning how to do it and adapting it to what you have available 
So one of the things about regrowing is sometimes you regrow, you're not regrowing to get another crop, just like the first one that you bought at the grocery store. For instance, you can regrow beets, but you're going to regrow them for the tops of the beets, not another root. You won't get another root from it. You'll just get the top, but that means you can eat the root and then you can grow some greens from the top. And it's the same with carrots. You won't get another carrot, but you can eat the carrot and then just take the top, regrow the top, and you'll have carrot leaves for eating, adding to salads, using as a, a soup green. Carrot leaves actually add a really nice flavor to um, beef stew. They're kind of parsley And another thing with the beets and the carrots is that if you get a good root going after when you start regrowing the top, then they will go to seed and they will send up their flower shoots and they will go to seed. And you can use that as a way to get some beet seeds or carrot seeds if you don't already have access to them. They probably won't give you exactly the same type of beet or exactly the same type of carrot as you're used to from the grocery store because a lot of those are hybrids, but it can be a good way to get some seed or even just to add some flowers into your garden for pollinators because in all honesty, carrot flowers are absolutely gorgeous. And bees love them. It'll attract pollinators to your garden. So it's a good swallowtail butterfly food. That's true. That's true. And you might even have the swallowtails laying their eggs on them. I just wanted to reiterate that it's okay to eat the tops and, and the green leaves of sweet potatoes, but you definitely don't want to eat the leaves or the sprouts of Irish potatoes because those are toxic. Regrowing vegetables from store-bought is a great way to add fresh leafy vegetables during the winter. And it's a fun side project you can do while you're growing other things like sprouts and microgreens. So it's a great winter gardening project, but it's also great to get them started and add them to your garden. Like Sarah said, for carrot flowers and some of the other things that will go to flower. If growing some of your own food sounds like something you're ready to do right now, I've got the perfect next step for you. My Fill Your Salad Bowl workshop is a concise workshop that will show you how to grow enough greens to fill a salad bowl every day. That's a great first step, just to fill a salad bowl. It's not overwhelming and anyone can do it. You can do it even if you don't have any land, even if there's three feet of snow covering your garden, even if you've killed houseplants in the past, and even if you don't think you have a green thumb. Here's what we cover in this workshop. Now remember, it's a concise workshop. It's not gonna take a long time to go through, so everyone's gonna have enough time to do this. You'll learn three different salad green growing methods that you can implement right away. You'll learn the exact methods I use to keep my salad bowl full so I never run out, even if I have unexpected company. You'll also learn where to cut costs and still be successful growing salad greens at home. You'll learn the ideal equipment to use if you want to grow greens faster and easier. The unique pitfalls to avoid with indoor and container growing. You'll learn how to save a crop that goes wrong where to find organic seed at reasonable prices, how to store your seed so it stays viable for years so that you can save money now on bulk seed purchases. And you'll learn the health benefits of sprouts, microgreens, and healthy greens and how to optimize these benefits in the way you grow them and the way you store them. We'll also give you 17 ideas for using homegrown salad greens in the kitchen so they never get mundane. If you're ready, to start growing some of your own food 
and you think salad greens are a great place to start like I do, check the link in the show notes. So let's talk about herbs, Sarah. Well, I like using fresh herbs. And if I'm going to be paying $5 plus for one of those little clamshells of fresh herbs at the grocery store, I may as well root one or two of the sprigs, transplant them to a pot of soil, and grow my own full plant. And you can get a full-size basil plant, for example, a lot quicker than starting the plant from seed. My basil plant here has been growing for two weeks, and it's still only at the first set of true leaves. Whereas if I had a two-week-old rooted basil sprig, it would probably be sending out another two or three inches of growth this week. Absolutely. I have some two-week-old basil cuttings, which is what you're basically getting if you're planting. If you're rooting a sprig of grocery store, what you're getting is a cutting. And uh, I have four plants like that and they've already grown two inches this week once they get their roots they're an adult plant and they're ready to produce the only caveat is you want to catch them before they've started producing seeds so if or flowers so if the grocery store plant that you got already has flowers going up the stem then that one is not going to be really great to root because the flowers It's just going to produce more flowers instead of leaves. If you look at the different sprigs that are in the clamshell that you get, some may have flowers on them. Other ones may not have flowers, and they can be from different plants. You have a mix of types in the clamshell you get. Some have flowers, some don't. Simply root one of the ones that doesn't have visible flowers on it and see what happens. Absolutely. That's what I'm trying to say is if it has flowers, you'll still get a plant. It'll still root, but it won't be as great because it'll just go to flower. So try to get the ones in the clamshell that don't yet have flowers and they should give you another month or two of growth. And if you keep pinching them off every time you see that flower stem, you can extend it for several months. I have um, basil that I planted last March and it has not flowered yet and it's still giving me green, green leaves every couple of weeks. With my sage plants last year, I had one go to flower and the other one that grew about twice the size of the first one has still never went to flower. So it's going to grow again in the garden this spring, hopefully. That's great. But it was funny that one of them went to flower when they both started from seed at the same time. Must have just been the right conditions. You probably terrified it, Sarah. You probably shook your finger and it thought it was going to die. So it made seed. Yeah, I've heard plants can get a little bit worried if you get annoyed at them. Yeah. I heard that actually this week I was listening to something where they said if you played classical music like Bach or Beethoven or Mozart to your plants that they would grow better. I thought I should, um, I was I was imagining how I could get a speaker out over my garden to, to play classical music and Baroque music to the plants. So I wonder what my seedlings think of medieval dwarven songs. I don't know. Are they growing? Maybe Maybe that's why your dragon fruit came. It likes medieval dwarven songs. Maybe, maybe that's why it's so happy to grow. So if you regrew all the vegetables that you can, you would end up getting two heads of lettuce for the cost of one. Dragon fruit for, I mean, do you normally eat the seed of dragon fruit? Or is it something that... Yes. When you cut it open, the uh, flesh is completely full of seeds. It's like peppered throughout, almost as if you were looking at, say, a dice or something. 
and the little black specks on the dice would be equivalent to the um, seed specks in the dragon fruit. So it's completely full of seeds. And when you eat the fruit, you're eating the seeds. So you just scoop a few out to plant. Yep. I used the tip of a knife, planted them, didn't even wash off the um, fruit that was still on the seeds. The slime. It's a little hard to get them to stick into soil because they wanted to stick to my fingers. But they are growing. They'll take like five years to produce fruit, though, if I'm successful. So that one's not a quick one for fresh fruit, but it is definitely fun if you want to try growing a cactus. You'll also get additional celery leaves for soup, for stew flavorings. And that's something that's really important because most of the flavor in celery is actually in the leaves. And when we buy it in the grocery store, they cut off all the good leaves and leave us with just a stock. So it's great to grow your own and have access to those leaves to dry for soup. Or just throw into your soup or your stock. I know with the Food Reclaim, we save a lot of the celery leaves that we get for making stock out of. And with herbs, you might get a completely new plant from just a couple of sprigs. So that's really economical, especially when herb plants are so expensive. It cost me last year $5 a plant to buy rosemary and basil at the farm store. I think they're up to $8 now. Oh my goodness. Package of seed is cheaper, but reusing what you already have is even better. I had to buy rosemary seed. It was over $4 for the packet of rosemary seeds. Wow. You get a lot of rosemary plants from that. Hopefully none of those have germinated yet. We'll talk about seed germination in another podcast. So you're growing avocado from the grocery store. Tell me about it. Well, I put some avocados in a shallow avocado seeds, I should say, in a shallow thing of water. And once they started to crack and indicate that they were lively, I moved them over into a large ice cream pail with soil. And I'm waiting to see what happens. My orange seeds didn't germinate from the blood oranges, though probably too old? Um, I've heard that the blood orange seeds might not be a viable seed. So now I'm going to have to get some lemons instead. So one thing about lemons and oranges, the leaves are actually scented and have some flavors. So if you happen to get some lemons, for instance, sprouting for you or oranges or limes, you can actually use the leaves for herbs for soup or for stir fries. So even if you don't have it long enough to get fruit, you can use the leaves. Or you can use the plant as a deodorizer too. Want to explain? Well, I heard of people starting like little flat bowls of lemon seeds and stuff and putting the bowl of small plants in their bathroom so that if they wanted to just refresh the scent, they would just run their hand over the plants. And they'd rotate out one or two flat bowls of the seeds so that when they started to die back, they'd just restart it because they were just saving the seeds from all the lemons they were using. That's a great idea. Another thing you can use lemon seed for, kind of off topic, but an aside, is lemon seeds, orange seeds, they can all be used as a source of pectin for making jam. So you wouldn't have to buy commercial pectin. You just, uh, what I do is I put them in a tea ball and cook them with the jam. It works. So let's talk about which produce from the grocery store is the best to try. So we've already mentioned green onions. Do you need anything special to get them going? Not really. You can just use a wide mouth pint jar. If you want to get a little bit technical, you can use a small screen or something else to hold up the onions a little bit out of the water. So they're just the root ends are in water. But really, you just need a slightly tall jar and about an inch of water in the bottom, and then change out the water usually every day to keep algae growth from happening. Right. 
because they can get slimy if you don't change the water. So that's another reason to keep them kind of close to your sink so that you remember to change the water, just like when you do sprouts. Lettuce and celery also are great ones. The base can be rooted and regrown. I've also done it with bok choy, sui choy, regrowing the base. Cabbages can also be done this way. I've actually heard of people accidentally having the cabbages start to send out either new baby cabbages out of the center of a cut and forgotten cabbage head, or even full-on seed stalks coming up from the center of a forgotten cabbage. I haven't heard of seed stalks before, but I, I've definitely had the cabbage regrow from the center. Yeah, because, because it has enough energy sometimes, even without putting it in water, to generate right. new leaves. Putting it in water just gives you a longer lifespan of that. The other thing is any head lettuce can be done the same way, a butter head or a leaf headed. I don't prefer iceberg because although iceberg will, will regrow as well, it doesn't have much flavor. So to me, it's not worth it. It also time. doesn't actually work as well. So I prefer doing leaf lettuces for this. I really like regrowing the celery bases, especially when they do decide to root. Not all of the bases for lettuce and celery will decide to send out roots. So a lot of the time, the regrowth you'll get will be just be what it, the base can sustain off of just water. So you might only get one regrow. Some of them might give you two. And anything that produces leaves can be transferred to, or roots can be transferred to soil and then grow in even more because it'll get nutrients out of the soil. It's also a good idea to add a little bit of nutrition to the soil. Generally, you wouldn't want to use like a peat base seedling mix. You're, you'd rather for that use a vegetable mix or a compost just because it's going to have more, more organic matter in it and have more nutrients in it to get it growing. The other thing you can do is you can get shallots from the grocery store. I picked up a bag of shallots from Costco last week and they were already starting to sprout. And if you end up getting sprouting shallots or sprouting onions from the grocery store, those can be just put in very shallow soil. You don't even have to root them. As long as the soil is moist, they will root into the soil and they'll send up green shoots that you can then use for green onions. In fact, there are some... Uh, commercial planting trays now that are made specifically for putting bulb onions or bulb shallots into the tray to get them to send up the green stock. So the key there is to find something in the grocery store that's already sprouting because it's less work and then you can get it going. This is the time of year to do that. So shallots are great. Um, smaller onions because they take up less space and they have lots of energy in the bulb. Sarah? Did you want to add to that? Another thing you can do is instead of buying an onion that's already sprouting, double check your onion bag or where you store your onions and your potatoes and stuff and see if there is an onion that ended up in the back of the cupboard that might have already been sprouting. Better so, to use what you already have on hand. You do want to do something that already has some energy. So if it's gone mushy, that's not a good choice. You want ones that are fairly firm, but just starting. So, because that indicates that it has enough energy in the bulb to send up the shoots. So Sarah, do you have any onions in your cupboard right now that are sprouting? No, I chopped them all up for soup. You did have them. I did. I dealt I, with them this week. I also, if you have um, shallots or onions that are sprouting and you're coming to the time when you can start to think about planting, those can also be planted in the yard. You don't even have to let them grow roots and uh, they will send up flowers this year. Apparently they can get really large flowers, like just like the allium 
flowers. So that's another thing that you can do. In that case, you're not using them for greens or for food, but rather for beauty in the garden and to attract pollinators. Maybe you can harvest the seeds too. That's a good idea. Any other roots, Sarah, that we should know about? Well, we already talked a little bit about potatoes, so we could talk more about potatoes. All right. So what have we missed about potatoes? Well, depending on the size of the potato you have, say you have one half pound potato that's sending up eyes in two or three spots on the potato, you can actually cut that potato, let it sit for, I believe it's 12 hours to harden off the flesh, and then plant each of those pieces in its own pot and use one potato to make multiple potato plants. You can do that. You want to make sure there's at least two eyes per piece. I was doing some research on potatoes the other day, and it's better to cut the potato long ways through the potato rather than cut it through the small section. And that's because of the vasculature of the potato. So if you're going to cut a potato, cut it long ways through the potato and then make sure there's at least two eyes on, the, on each side. And yeah, and in that case, you only want to put one half of the potato in your bucket if it's a five-gallon bucket. You can put both in the bucket if it's a 10-gallon pot. Or use multiple buckets. Right. What about sweet potatoes? I don't know much about planting sweet potatoes, Sarah. How big of a pot do they need? At minimum, I would say you would want a 10-gallon pot with sweet potatoes or a 10-gallon grow bag. Simply because when I did it in a three-gallon, the roots completely filled the pot, but there wasn't enough space for them to form adequate tubers. Ah, is that because you didn't have a long enough growing season? Well, I started them in February that year. Okay. And I really think it had to do with the size of the bucket. Because one of the challenges with potatoes and sweet potatoes is they end up being very difficult to transplant once they're started in your container. So you want to start them out in the size of container you want them to form tubers in. You don't want to start a potato in, say, a one-gallon pot and try and transplant it to a five-gallon. It's way better to start them in the five-gallon or the ten-gallon and just let them grow undisturbed, and they will fill the pot with roots and tubers. Right. I agree. And some people with pot put the potato in and then only fill it half full and then wait for the potato to grow and then fill it in a little at a time. With pots and potatoes, you don't have to do that. You can go ahead and fill the pot right up to the top with soil and just let the plant grow. And in that way, you're better off because you don't have the chance of breaking off the the growing tips. With sweet potatoes, I would recommend leaving about at least two inches to three inches of headspace on the, say, a 10-gallon pot. And once it's getting into, well, once it's been growing for about two months, topping off the pot with another inch or two of compost just to boost the fertility in the soil because it can't get out of the pot to get more nutrients. They are very vigorous vine growers and very vigorous vining plants. So adding a little bit of extra nutrients in the form of a two inch or so top off of compost will help the plant as it's starting to direct its nutrients and growth into the roots and hopefully help you have bigger potatoes. And that's if you get it from the grocery store. Well, that's if you're doing a sweet potato. Okay. Whether you're getting that sweet potato slip from the grocery store or you're ordering special sweet potatoes to generate slips from a seed company, it's going to need similar treatment if you're growing it in a grow bag because 
those plants are very, very nutrient demanding. So let's talk about growing herbs from cuttings. Is there anything else we can grow from the grocery store from a cutting? Mostly herbs? Mostly herbs. I mean, maybe you could root some flowers if you wanted to. Ah, like you could make a rose bush from a grocery store rose. Yeah, you probably could. You wouldn't so, be able to enjoy it as a rose bouquet, though, for the full length of time, because you need to keep the energy in the stem. Right. And you're going to want to cut off the flower before you try to root yep. it. When you're regrowing cuttings, it can be a good idea to change the water, just like with onions, change it every day. And also to start by dipping the stem into some cinnamon. Cinnamon is a natural fungicide. And so it can keep the stem from getting soft and mushy in the water, which if you're changing the water every day, less likely to happen, but it depends on whether you're using city water or well water. Also with rooting herbs, I would keep the jar out of direct sunlight if it's a clear jar or would put a barrier between the jar and sunlight because the light reflecting through the water has a chance of burning the newly forming roots if it's too intense. A uh, good, good Especially idea. Especially if you're in a northern hemisphere and you have snow reflecting and intensifying the light into your window because then it's not the heat that does it, it's the intensity of the sunlight. Right, and the water is going to magnify that. Even more so than the snow already does. Yeah. So when you're doing, let's say we've got a basil plant or we got basil in one of those clamshells, you take it. The first thing I would do is trim the root and that just excites the cells so that they're ready to grow. Then dip it in the cinnamon, put it in water. So some people will put it in and not trim the roots. And that can be why they get failure because the air against the roots can kill those initial cells and stop them from rooting. So if you give it a little trim on the, on the stem and then stick it in water, you're more likely to have viable roots forming. You should see within a week, the very beginnings of some roots forming. And by two weeks, you should be seeing one inch roots. Once you see that one inch root, it can be transferred from water into hydroponic solution or into soil so that it can grow more. And that part's really important. You don't want to just leave it sitting on your windowsill or on your counter without that, because you'll get a lot of roots, but nothing's going to happen until it can regrow. It needs the nutrients that are in the soil or hydroponic solution to regrow. So give it two weeks. Now, if you could have it for two weeks and you're not seeing anything, you might want to move it to a warmer area or it might not be viable, but I try moving it to a warmer area if it's still green. What do you think, Sarah? Just a quick caution. Don't try to shortcut getting the cutting to start growing and rooting by putting it directly into hydroponic solution. You want to encourage the roots to form in plain water and then transfer it because the plant is not actually unlikely to start generating roots. If it's in a nutrient solution, it'll just start generating growth and then you won't have a successful plant to transplant. So start with the slightly slower method, start with plain water, your cutting will form roots and then move it into a hydroponic solution like an arrow garden or the crack key jar or transplant it into soil. If you go into soil, it'll probably have a growth stall for about a week as the roots are establishing and then it'll start generating more growth. If you move it into a nutrient solution, it'll usually start generating new growth within just a day or two. Good advice, Sarah. 
the other thing is you want to make sure that the plant you're starting with looks healthy. If you end up with herbs that are starting to dry out or, or maybe they got cold and they're starting to blacken around the leaves, that's probably not a good candidate for growing in a cutting. You're going to end up with some disease happening. So try to pick a cutting from the grocery store that looks nice and vibrant and green with no discoloring on the leaves. If the herb clamshell is marked down to 30% off at certain stores, or if it's like the ones I can sometimes get from the food reclaim, they're simply not going to root successfully because the plant has already used most of its energy and viability just staying green. So you want to get them as early as possible. If you happen to know when your store gets in new shipments of herbs, that would be the perfect time to grab a clamshell of whatever herb you want to root. And sometimes I saw at Christmas time and Thanksgiving, the clamshell actually had some basil in it, some savory, some thyme, and some rosemary all in one clamshell. They called it a poultry spice clamshell. So if you look for that, you might end up being able to get quite a few cuttings for one purchase. And quite a few different herbs too. Those are actually um, still being sold currently. They're not just a seasonal item. Oh, good. I'd never seen them before, but I saw them at Thanksgiving. That's nice. I saw one of the clamshells come into the food reclaim just this past week of okay. the poultry seasoning for different herbs. Cool. So that's a great way to get more than one herb to get started with. I don't know if we mentioned it, but it's important to pull the bottom leaves off. Of course, use them in cooking so that you have a bare stem going into the water. You don't want leaves going into the water. So in the case of rosemary, you want to take off, take off all the lower leaves that are any leaves that are going to end up in the water. You want to remove and just leave the top leaves on. Usually you leave about the top inch of the sprig untouched and you try and encourage roots to grow on the rest of the sprig because then so, it doesn't have to put as much energy. So let's talk about seeds that you can purchase from the grocery store. I have had, you've already mentioned dragon fruit, you've mentioned avocado, we've mentioned citrus. This time of year, I often get apples from the grocery store that are already sprouted inside when I open the apple. And I take those and plant them directly in the pot. They're already sprouted. They've already had their chill period because apple seeds need a chill period before they'll sprout. So if they're sprouting, they've already had a chill period. And if they're sprouting, they're ready to grow. You will get an apple tree. You won't necessarily get the same apple tree as the fruit you got. So if you had um, a golden delicious apple or you had a Jonathan or ambrosia. ambrosia apple, your seed is not necessarily going to be an ambrosia seed from an ambrosia apple. You'll get what's called a pippin. And a pippin might be an entirely new variety of apple. But if you're looking for some fruit trees for a large property or you want to plant in the hedgerows, that's a great way to get started. It can also be a really good way to get some cross-pollinators for existing apple trees. Or to test just growing out the pippin, see if it'll grow in your region. If it does and it la lives for a couple of years, you can graft a desirable variety onto that tree. Use it as root and stock you have a well-established rootstock. That's a great idea. And it can be a really fun experiment to do with your kids too. The other thing about that is that if you're growing apples from seed, it can take five to seven years before those trees fruit. So just know that it's not going to produce an apple next year. That's also the same though for citrus and dragon fruit and many of the other fruits you can grow from seed from the grocery store. 
An exception to that might be if you decide to grow some strawberries from strawberry seeds, or maybe see if you can start some raspberries or blackberries from seeds from those. Those may fruit quicker than five years. Strawberries would probably fruit within one year. Raspberries within three. Mulberries are another great one. If you can get dried mulberries, you can actually plant dried mulberries. And as long as they haven't been heat treated, the seeds will grow. So you might actually be able to also use other dried berries that contain seeds if they haven't been heat treated, like goldenberry or goji berry. That's right. As long as they haven't been heat treated. How do you know? Well, if they're dried, like dehydrated or dried, then they're probably viable. If they've got syrup on them and they're kind of sticky like a raisin, then those ones are not going to be good because they will have hot syrup poured over them, which will kill the viability of the seed. We haven't talked about the obvious, where you buy seeds in the store, beans, lentils, peas, flax. Can those be grown? Most of the time, they can definitely be grown as long as they haven't been either heat-treated or irradiated. But a really easy way to test if a seed will grow is to take five or ten seeds, a wet paper towel, and a Ziploc baggie. And what you do is you dampen the paper towel and you put your seeds on it. And you seal it into the Ziploc bag, and you do date it, and you wait a week. And a lot of the seeds, like peas, beans, lentils, flax, will start germinating and sending out a root within that week if they are viable. And out of 10, the number of seeds that send out roots tells you the percentage of viability you'll have from that specific bag of commercially purchased beans, peas, or whatever. And again, it is a really, really fun experiment to do with your kids. Another thing you can do with beans, lentils, peas is grow microgreens with them. Now, I wouldn't recommend growing sprouts because with sprouts, we eat the root. The seeds that you buy in the grocery store for, for like dried like chili and things like that, they haven't been tested to make sure they're not carrying a fungus or a bacteria that could be bad if it regrows in sprouts. So we wouldn't use them for sprouts. Seeds that are sold for sprouting have been tested to make sure they're not carrying any pathogens, but they definitely can be used for microgreens because with microgreens, we don't eat the roots. We cut them off at the soil level. And so dried peas, dried beans, lentils make wonderful microgreens and also peas make great pea shoots. And so that's another thing you can do with them. So you can, with those, you can have something to harvest within a week to feed your family. One thing, though, is that split peas will unfortunately not germinate. No, because they've been split. I wonder if you could actually germinate rice. Yes, brown rice or black rice, the colored rice, you can germinate it. I have done that. But not the polished ones. Not white rice. White rice has had the germ removed, so that won't. But you can also sprout, like, if you can get whole grain oatmeal or whole grain rye or whole grain wheat, not the flower, that isn't but crushed. the kernel, then that can sprout as well. And then you can make wheatgrass, you can make oatgrass and use it in smoothies. If someone wanted to do this, Sarah, let's go through step-by-step step how they could do it with, let's say, I just bought this stock of beautiful celery in the store. It's still got the base attached. It looks pretty bad though. They, they chopped it really close to where the celery is growing instead of leaving me a heel. How do I start? Walk me through it. Well, I would 
individually break off all of the celery stalks that you would want to use for your snacks or your cooking or making bugs on the log for your toddler. That will give you a tapered, slightly mountain shape toward where there are the really fine celery leaf part or the center growth point of the celery. I would leave the middle three or four stalks intact. Those are usually your really short ones that are just leaves and they have a very yellow color because they've been hidden from sunlight. And then I would put that into your shallow dish of water, probably about a quarter inch of water, and I would set that on your windowsill. How long does it take to develop roots? A week? Two weeks? Celery will regrow from the center, so you should notice those center stalks starting to grow taller, more leafy, darkening in color. Depending on how close it was cut, it may never send out roots, but it should grow at least a little bit for about two or three weeks. I have had celery that I thought, oh, this is hopeless. They really cut it close and it did regrow some roots. It had only maybe a quarter inch of the heel left, but it still regrew roots and I was able to plant that outside. So don't give up just because it looks impossible it might still regrow. I had some that had less than a quarter inch of heel left. Those ones I found did not actually generate a root, but it could also have just been the temperature. Right. It was a little chilly. So what I'm saying is don't give up just because it looks like it might not grow. Give it a try. Um, and as Sarah said, you, you might get just the center growing and no root. If you do get a root though, that's something that could go in a, in a pot to grow for a while. Once it's in the pot, it will continue to stand up stalks all season long. And I've had celery that I got from the grocery store that I ended up planting outside after the winter was over and it grew all the way till frost and never flowered, which surprised me, but it grew all the way till frost. So it can be worth doing even if it looks like it might not grow. So what about green onions? Walk us through that, Sarah. What do you need to, to regrow green onions? Well, you're going to want a probably pint-sized wide mouth quart jar. I prefer glass jars to plastic because it's just easier to keep them clean and to make sure there's no algae growth or bacteria films forming. And then you're going to want to make sure there's no uh, slimy leaves or slimy parts on your green onions. So make sure they're cleaned up and neat. Give them a haircut, trim them back. You only want them to be about three inches long for this. And then tuck them into your water. There are people now 3D printing pieces that fit into the top of a quart jar that can hold the green onions up semi out of the water. So if you have access to one of those, it can make things a little bit more simple. Or you could do what I do, which is tuck them into an organza bag and tuck the bag into the jar and just fold the open bag over the mouth of the jar so that it holds them up in the water and the leaves are still semi accessible. Walk me through that. You take your organza bag. You can get them at places like the dollar store, Dollarama, a bag that will fit the mouth over the top of whatever jar you're using. So you might want to use a gem jar instead of a wide mouth jar. You're saying you put the organza bag inside the jar? You tuck it into the jar and you fold it up so it's about halfway down the jar on the inside. And then okay. you fill the jar with your water and put your green onions into the mouth of the bag. The bag supports them in the water and they can stick out the top a little bit. The roots usually won't grow through the bag because the okay. onions aren't generating new roots. Oh, but the bag okay. means you can just pick them up, empty your jar, give your jar a quick scrub, add clean water, tuck the bag back in, 
and it just makes it way easier for changing water than even the um, 3D printed onion holder. So in this case, you're not trying to grow roots. You're just trying to keep them going a little bit longer. Yeah, because most green onions that you get actually still have roots on them. But for some reason, the green onions don't like being transferred back to soil after being harvested. So just putting them in water, they will continue to grow leaves as long as they have energy. And you can have an almost unlimited supply of green onions as long as you don't chop down into the white part. So this has been a fascinating discussion of all the things that you can get from the grocery store. And in Sarah's case, you're getting a lot of this stuff for free because you're doing it through a food reclaim. So the grocery store is throwing it away. You're getting it from the food reclaim and regrowing it, right? That's like free food more than once. Yep. And I just remembered two of my other experiments from the food reclaim, actually. We got some of those sweet snacking peppers that already had seeds germinating inside them. And we've also got tomatoes that have already had seeds germinating in them. So both of those times I did try to grow them from those seeds. And that was fun too. But yeah, you can take seeds from out of fruits like that and grow them. Uh, The peppers worked. I didn't find that they were as sweet as the originals. They were a little bitter. And the tomato plant worked, but it never fruited for me. I think I started it too late in the year. So it gave up the ghost before it had fruit. Well, it flowered. It just didn't get to set fruit. Ah, too late in the year. That's fascinating. So we've been talking about growing food from grocery store food that you've already bought or gotten for free, including regrowing produce, but also growing seeds like beans and peas, and then growing seeds from fruit like dragon fruit, citrus, apples, tomatoes, peppers, and how you can actually use the grocery store as your source for seeds this wouldn't be ideal. Like I, I think that ideally you want to get your seeds from a seed stock, like Baker Creek Seeds is one of our favorites. True Leaf Market is another one that we get seed from because then you can pick the variety. When you're getting it from the grocery store, you don't get to pick the variety. So it may not be ideal for your location. In the case of Sarah's tomatoes, you might not have a long enough growing season to actually get fruit. If you buy your seed from the seed catalog, or the seed store, then you're you're getting it at the right time and you're getting the right varieties. But if that isn't available to you and all you have is a grocery store, you can still grow food for your family from what you find in the grocery store, including green onions, shallots, celery, apples, citrus, dragon fruit, kumquats, avocados. I've even seen people regrow pineapples from the tops of pineapples, depending on where you live. The grocery store is a great source for growing food for your family. Oh, and we we need to mention potatoes and sweet potatoes as well. Lettuce, celery. What else do you want to add, Sarah? I was just going to add that I really, really, really hope I can spot another pink pineapple because I really want to try to regrow a pink pineapple. So we want to leave you with one positive action as always. And in this case, we want you to try to grow green onions from the grocery store to get started. So grab a glass jar. It can be a jam jar. It can be a canning jar. Grab a bundle of green onions from the grocery store or even shallots that are starting to send up their green shoot. Fill a glass about a quarter full of water. Put the root end of the onion in the water, change the water every day or two, 
and watch the roots and the green stems regrow. And I hope you have fun doing it. Thanks for joining me today, Sarah, and on this episode of the Real Time Roots podcast. And thank you, friends, for joining us and listening in. As always, please share this episode if you found it helpful. Share it with somebody you know. I'd like and subscribe because it helps more people see these episodes. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.